with Stu Peters from PC Radio. What's up, brother? Hey, how's it going, man? And PC, not as in politically correct. That's patriotically correct. So we need to specify. 100%. Because uh, that's not what... You, if you're looking for like the PC radio, that's probably not the no. spot to go to. And uh, no. you're doing a great job over there, man. I appreciate it, man. And I, I appreciate you uh, catching on with us and, and uh, doing some cross-promotion, man. I mean, your your audience is absolutely huge. And uh, we're just, you know, this low-budget afternoon show just trying to make it, man. Well, you know, it, it's all of us. You know, we, we all have a message we want to get out to the masses. And, and I, I just look at it as like, hey, we, we have like no nobody on Twitter and all those places. But Facebook, we happen to have a couple million people that follow our stuff. So we can help people out great. And it always comes back around. You know what I mean? So you're doing great work over there. Let, let's get in and talk talk about your show right now. Um, and we can get into more of your background stuff later. But basically, you're, you're covering what? Like, what, what's a daily show like yours? What kind of stuff are you getting into? Well, what we're trying to do is we're trying to cover everything that the mainstream media refuses to cover. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people that are going, Ray, from uh, the, the mainstream media to look for alternate news sources. And they're doing it because the bias is just unapologetically shameless. And they're, they're just they're in your face with their, their own lies and their own perpetuation of false narratives like systemic racism and law enforcement or like, you know, Americans need to apologize for being American or white people need to apologize for being white or, um, you know, the fact that uh, Donald Trump is a racist or a misogynistic sexist, you know, I mean, they, they, they will never talk about the fact that, you know, here's what they want. I'll give you an example. And this, this is a recent one uh, that I'm sure a lot of your listeners and viewers are aware of, you know, uh, Tony Evers, the worthless coward of a communist governor from the state of Wisconsin, just across the river from us here in Minneapolis. Uh, he and the mayor of Kenosha were adamantly and vehemently defying and refusing any uh, federal support from the Donald Trump administration. And then both said that they didn't want Trump to come in because the reason they didn't want him there, the real reason that they didn't, well, the reason that they tell the mainstream media and what the mainstream media will then infiltrate the living rooms of American voters with is, well, Donald Trump bad, orange man bad. We don't want him here. He's a racist. He's a divider. He's a sexist. He's a misogynist. But the real reason that they didn't want him in there is because because then the mainstream media would be forced to go there and follow the president and document what's really going on in Kenosha. And it's a city that's falling apart because it's led by liberal Democrats. And that's what you see across the nation. It's no coincidence that every single one of the top 10 major, most dangerous cities in the country that are burning literally on fire right now are led by liberal Democrats. So these are the kinds of things that we talk about. And we like to expose the corruption inside of the radical liberal progressive party that has hijacked the Democratic Party. So don't get it twisted. We know that there's good Democrats out there. And I've got Democrats as friends. I've got sane Democrat, level-headed, sound-minded Democrats as family members. And we can have these discussions around the dinner table and it doesn't get into the name calling and it doesn't get into the yelling and the shouting that uh, you see over on, on some of these other networks like the Communist News Network or the Albarak Channel uh, and MSDNC. So we try to basically expose that. And as our audience grows, more and more people are starting to catch on and they're, they're following us and they're saying, wow, you know, th this, is, this is exactly the alternate news source that we were looking for. So we're basically just kind of copying you. <laughs> you know, this, this is, uh, you're speaking my language right here, brother. The, the alternative news source is the new thing. And, and I think part of everything you just said, I agree with, by the way, but part of the reason why you're seeing the media go so crazy and just completely leftist, socialist, Marxist madness is because they feel that TV is dying. And I think there's a major shift happening to where 
number one, people don't trust the, the mainstream media news anymore. Like there's still some, now, when I say that, I, I still think there's probably 30% of people who sit there and just take it in, everything that's coming in their ears fr from the TV box and right. they're believing it. And that's gonna be hard to break. But I think these TV, these media companies, especially in TV, know that people are leaving to, to get alternative media sources. And the best example I saw of that was when the Democrats, all they had to talk about about after the RNC was like, they, they, they took one little thing and said, oh, TV viewership was down 25%. I'm like, yeah, dummy, because online is probably up 500% because people right. have cut, cut you out. And, and again, you, that's where you we raised, are. You raised a good point. What you said was people aren't really watching, but they're they're hearing it. They're taking it all in because it, it's just perpetually you know, infiltrating their living rooms because that's what they watch is that's what they have on in the background. And so it's subconsciously, I, I compare it to involuntary intoxication. Like you've been roofied by the mainstream media and uh, you just, you, you can't help. It's, it's like a really crappy song that gets played on the radio over and over and over and over again. Well, if they're playing it that many times, it must be a hit. Right. And so that's the same way that I compare this, this, uh, mainstream media, they're in the tank for this progressive radical agenda. And I don't know if they're, if they're unaware of what it is that they're causing or if they're fully aware and they're complicit. And if that's the case, I mean, they could actually be held criminally responsible for some of the things that are going on in these major cities. You know, and I, and I think they're completely aware. I think it's all calculated. I think they're one and the same with the DNC and the people who pull the strings behind all of it. Um, you can see on the talking points, right? Like we've seen those mashup videos where they go out and all 12 channels or whatever have the same exact talking points, all the pundits across the board. And they're like parrots. Like they, they, they just pushed the line and towed the line so hard. But the pushback, I've never seen anything like this. Like you said, I, I you know, and, and I, I come from a place where a lot of a lot of my, my politics is wrapped around law enforcement, right? Right. Um, usually, I wouldn't come out and say, hey, look, if you actually support the police, you have to vote Republican this year. Like, that's not usually a no. valid argument. If, right? you, and that, for me, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of along those same lines, but I, I think that you're right. There's an exception to every rule. And, um, you know, the, the vote, we, we were talking about it on Patriotically Correct Radio uh, this afternoon is the vote that you're that you're really it's not about Trump or Biden. It's about policies. It's about what you want America to look like. It's about freedom versus fascism. And if you don't believe me, don't take my word for it. Just come to Minneapolis. Come and ride along with me in the afternoon time during my regular job and, and take a look at what's really going on. Talk to the sergeant that was hit in the back of the head by a trash can lid that weighed 21 pounds and who was knocked unconscious. Uh, go, go to the jail and take a look at these people that are being booked for rioting, robbing, stealing, looting, raping, pillaging that are being released by the Minnesota Freedom Fund. And then take a look at who's funding them. Black Lives Matter. And then you go to their website and do the research on your own. Who are they contributing to? Oh, Blue Dot. Oh, and who's Blue Dot's number one campaign fund recipient? Oh, Biden for president. I mean, the corruption is right in front of people's faces. And I think you know, one of the things that I've been looking at recently that I think is really interesting is that we all know that in 2016, there was a silent majority that elected Donald Trump because the polling was saying there's no way this guy can win. And, and the mainstream media and everybody from, you know, The View and those radical witches over there to, uh, you know, people like Justin Bieber and all these Hollywood elitists and Whoopi Goldberg and Rosie O'Donnell and Mike Moore and all these people, they, they along with the anchors, the unapologetic 
apologetic bias anchors were telling you there is no way that Donald Trump will ever be elected president. You can't take this guy seriously. Well, look at what happened. Okay, so the silent majority came out. And I think what's what they're saying, and I know what they're saying is, look, we're tired of the establishment. You know, you're all corrupt. There's no term limits on the Senate and the Congress. You guys are all in bed with each other. These backroom deals are getting discussed. There's no actual resolutions or policies that are actually implemented. It's all talking about issues. We can talk about issues all day long. You and I get paid to do it on the radio. Okay. So the issue, it's easy, but solutions is something that they'll never talk about or because the reason, then it puts you in a box. So you automatically alienate these people. Well, the hope here is that, and, and what we're seeing now, because leading up to 2016, I don't remember Trump boat parades. I don't no. remember, you know, um, I don't remember seeing Trump truck rallies or bikers for Trump I th- was established in 2015, but they were not as loud, not nearly as loud. And now what you're seeing is the silent majority is still the majority, but they're becoming a lot less silent. And yes. to me, that is, I mean, even Minnesota could go red, which would be the first time. And I think since dinosaurs were alive, that Minnesota would be red. And it's, it's looking really good here in the People's Republic of, of MN. So, um, I, I think that to your point, um, certain groups like people who support the police, you can't really support the police and then go vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I mean, she's California's apex predator and she's, she's lurking in the waters right now because she knows that if Biden, if the tragic incidents happens where Biden is elected president, she along with 46% of likely Democrat registered voters know and admit that he's not going to make it through his first term. And so a vote for him is a vote for her. So you really have to look at who she is and she's as radical as they get. And so that's why I think the sense of urgency. And that's why I think groups like um, the police unions, uh, farmers, uh, walkaway Democrats, gay, uh, lesbian, bi, trans, these people are leaving and walking away. They're running away from these liberal progressives that have hijacked the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is not really the Democrat Party anymore. It has been hijacked 100 percent. Yeah, it's been pushed so far left. I don't even recognize it anymore. And and you're seeing, like you said, like people maybe who didn't vote for Trump in 16 because because he's an asshole sometimes on Twitter or because he's had a bunch of women in the past, mm-hmm. you know, things things of that nature. People, number one, they look and see, oh, this is what he actually got done. And number two, they're like, well, law and order. Law and order is going to landslide this thing, I believe, because there's so many people that were traditional Democrats that are just not going to go in that voting booth and vote for a Marxist backed radical left. And like, think about, you know, what you said, and I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm not trying to filter, but I'm, I'm really good at that. Uh, the, the point that you made about Trump and, and these people that, you know, they refer to him as a sexist or a misogynist or a womanizer. And he slept with stormy Daniels allegedly. Uh, well, first of all, who cares if he did number one, because stormy Daniels is an adult. I don't care what's going on in Trump's marriage with Melania. I don't care what's going. She gets paid to spread her legs that stormy Daniels does. I mean, she's a Mm -hmm. damn porn star, right? Uh, the alternative is a guy who has been confirmed to be a passenger on the Lolita express. Okay, flying in and out of Epstein Island. Don't tell me that for one second that anybody who's a friend of Jeffrey Epstein doesn't know exactly what's going on on that island as the Lolita Express is descending down onto that perverted hill in the ocean. Because 
there's no way that Epstein was able to hide countless victims, young girls, okay, from all of these friends. Bill Clinton, Biden, they knew exactly what was going on there, and they they chose to be a part of it. So don't tell me about Trump and his alleged sex with a porn star who gets paid to spread her legs. Let's talk more about Biden. And the, the media's silence about uh, the, this pedophilia is not, they're not silent because of the victims. They're silent because of the customers. 100%. Look at the, the biggest example during the DNC you know, our side, for lack of a better term, leaks this picture of Bill Clinton getting getting a back massage from an Epstein accuser, not right. just some some random woman, an actual accuser getting a back massage from the same woman still speaking at the DNC that night. They just don't care. They they, they, they give no fucks. Like, it's, it's, it's insane. It is. It is. It's um to think that people would actually it, this Trump, this Trump der, uh, derangement syndrome. Is that what they call it? This TDS? Yeah. It yeah. is. It has become so. Uh, it, it's 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 a mental health issue. To be a liberal progressive has to be a diagnosable mental health issue at this point, because there's nothing good about it. I mean, look at what's happening. Look at what is what has Biden actually said that he's going to do? Other than if he's elected, he's going to make everybody in the nation wear a mask all of the time. That's really all that he has. That he's and oh oh by the way, and we'll still hate Donald Trump. What else are they really running on? I mean, they, they've got no policies, him and Kamala Harris. They have nothing. And then she tries to lie and talk about how she's an African-American. No, you're not. You're Jamaican and Indian, lady. I mean, they just don't even apologize for it. And when they're exposed for it, or if you call them out on it, what are you? You're, you're a racist. You're a bigot. And the, the, the word racism is just, it used to really mean something. And people who, like you and I, who actually care about equality, who actually care about the Constitution, who actually recognize that this is the greatest nation on the face of the planet, and that a million documented people come here every year to escape real oppression, real racism, and countless who knows how many illegally come here. They're coming here to flee that stuff because America is the land of equality and because we don't have systemic racism. And so when you when you start to lose an argument nowadays and you just say, oh, he's a racist. That's supposed to shut me up. Well, it doesn't anymore. All it does really now is fucking pisses me off because it's such bullshit that the, the argument is so empty and then they turn around and run. We on the show yesterday played a video of a Trump gathering that was happening in Chicago and these BLM people, the terrorist group, BLM come over and they're confronting these people and they're screaming how racist they are. Well, this black Trump supporter gets up and says, hold on a minute, homie, I'm from Africa. Have you ever even been there? You know, I've got family that lives there. Have you ever? And, and as soon as he started talking about the 38 people, black kids that were shot and killed in Chicago in July alone, by the way, the most gun controlled city in the nation, uh, the minute he started talking about facts and showing faces and naming names of these people that died and said, where were you then? Where were you then? Well, guess what they did? They walked away because they're cowards, Ray. These people will never actually stand up with a substantive argument. They just want to tear down, destroy, steal, and loot. And it's all for their own personal gain, much like the leftist politicians. They're only in it for themselves. They're only in it for the power. They're not about black people. They're not about immigrants. They are 100% for themselves, control, and power. Looting has become reparations right now, right? Like that's what it is. This systemic racism argument is the most nonsense I've ever seen. It's actually destroying law enforcement in this country. You know, and the, like I'm doing a BLM roundtable on Monday for, for this show, and it's going to be three pro-police versus three pro-BLM supporters. I can't wait for these oh, kinds of, of sit-downs. I can't wait. 
You know, it, because I mean, look, systemic racism, great. So why didn't Obama fix it when he was the president of the United States for eight years? Um, how about every city that you're complaining about this issue has been controlled by Democrats for decades? Like, let's get real about it. How about, you know, don't talk 10 about unarmed. You're, you're racist. Don't don't. No, no, I'm all over, dude. Ten unarmed black people were shot by the police in 2019. Six of those 10 were attacking the police officer. So we're talking about four that weren't attacking. And I'm still not even saying that they, they weren't justified. But we had 7,700 blacks kill other blacks, and nobody cares about that. No. So, How about the millions of black babies unborn that have been murdered by that party? Yeah, nobody cares. About them. Uh, if you really want to help a black party, if you really want to help a black life, then go adopt a black baby. Uh, because let's talk about the real issue here. How about the fatherless homes of African Americans? It's just plaguing our streets. Rahm Emanuel uh, did away with a whole educational system. There were a dozen schools that he got rid of. The following summer, the following year, there was an unprecedented amount, a record-setting amount of gun violence murders in the city of Chicago. When young black males, or any male, when a young white male doesn't have a father in the home, he doesn't have anybody teaching him morals, core values, uh, talking about freedom and individual liberty and consequences that come along with your decisions, whether they're good consequences or bad. Every decision you make has an impact, not only just on you, but on the people that are around you. And that would mean that you would have to be a selfless individual who thinks outside of your own self. And when you don't have a father to teach you these things, to teach you how to hunt, to teach you how to fish, uh, drive a pontoon boat, go to the beach, throw the baseball around, throw the football around, uh, play a little bit of hockey, sit down and watch the news, and then actually have an educated, objective discussion at the dinner table about what you just saw in the news and what it actually means about the world going on around you. Without that, and with a bunch of idle time, uh, and no structure in the home, what do you think is going to happen? But fatherless homes are predominantly in black families, particularly in major cities that have become the most dangerous cities in the country. It's not by coincidence, Ray. No, and in the founding documents of BLM, they talk about destroying the current you know, core values of family systems and getting away from those values and going completely Marxist in a, in a community, raising another community, uh, you know, just nonsense. Like they they don't hide these these things, and they're just being used. It, it's that's the that's the bad part. Like you you have a we're going to get into your your other history and, and work, and, and, you, oh, and you, you know you have we have a different perspective. Like being a cop or or a bounty hunter or whatever. People out in these communities, the the only people that actually care about what happens in the ghetto, for lack of a better term, is is the the cops, the people trying to do good things for the people who live there. And the people who live there, it's not the politicians, it's not the BLM activists, it's not any of these other people. They're just using them and, and, and counting them as a, what they feel is a guaranteed vote. And well, I think just, they're, they're going to wake they're, up. They're saying they're too stupid to make up their own minds. Yep. Uh, there's nothing more racist than that. Black people are too dumb. They can't, they can't figure it out on their own. So, uh, again, it goes back to the most racist comment I've heard from a politician ever. If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Uh, come on, <laughs> man. Oh, that guy. Have you seen the mashup where he, the why song where it's like, why, 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 why? Have you, if you haven't seen that, I'm going to check oh, it out. I'm going to send it to you. It's, it's the best thing ever. I, I don't know where I saw it, but someone did like a 12 minute clip of him just saying why. And it's that guy. He's the worst candidate I've ever seen in politics for the president ever. A, like there's no one even close. No, it, there is. Uh, I would take Obama back before, before I would have this guy. And Obama, yep. radical, who has irreparably damaged our country beyond repair, uh, I'd still have him back before I would have ever cast a vote for Joe Biden. 100%. Give me back Bill Clinton. Give me back Obama. I'll take him. 
Yeah. Joe Biden, because he's not in charge of anything. Like, and you know what? Who, I who the hell knows? I didn't like it when Obama was president. Did you? No, no. I didn't no. like it. Uh, how many buildings did you burn down as a result of that? How many Zero. People- I, I worked harder. It's weird. How many people did you rape? Um, you know, it, it's just the the it's it's beyond words, Ray. And and people know it. They see it. They they're starting to catch on, which is why we're seeing these tremendous um, things happening, like unions walking away from the Democrat Party. Uh, LGBTQ, if I said that right, people walking away, farmers are walking away. And then, you know, we, we have several guests on our show that are walk away Democrats who are congressional candidates that are running on the GOP ticket now. Uh, one of them, an openly gay guy. And, uh, there, there's just around the country, there's a lot of really positive things going on also, which is why we can't, we can't just continue to be the echo chamber of negativity, which is why I like parlor sometimes. You know, I feel like it's kind of an echo chamber because there's a lot of, you know, it's all conservatives in there, you know, and um, so it's sometimes it feels, but it feels good because you can actually see some of the positive things that are happening in the momentum that Trump has right now. And not just Trump, but America and American loving uh, patriots who believe in individual liberties, freedom, and shrinking government. I just absolutely love going there to see that stuff. And um, I don't really know how to operate it yet, but I'm getting better. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think you kind of hit it. It's there's fundamentally changes on the Democrats, right? They've gone radical left, but the Trump GOP is not the same GOP that we had four years ago. And I'm very grateful for it. Um, it's, yeah. it has, we're in, inclusive much more. I, I did, I did a, a campaign event with Scott Pressler. I'm not sure if you're aware of him. Yes. Um, he, you know, openly gay, whatever. The Republican Party today does not care about any of that stuff. Like, it's not what we get painted as racist, you know, homophobe, all the phobes and all these things. I'm, I'm seeing that the Trump GOP is, is, is moving beyond that. We're, yeah. we're the anti-war party now. Like, even imagine new? that. Is it even news anymore to be a gay guy or a gay gal or to identify as a black woman when you're a white male? I mean, I don't even think that's news anymore. Um, and and that's because of the inclusion, the opposite of what the mainstream media tells you that Trump is, he is the exact opposite. Um, and then social media, I mean, uh, Facebook has said that the Lord's prayer now is a violation of their community standards. What community in what community is the Lord's prayer, a violation of anything? Uh, I thought that Facebook was supposed to be the all-inclusive and care about everybody's feelings. Where's my cry room? Where's my safe space? Where can I go? You go Google. Um, you, you try to do a legitimate Google search for like a Trump policy that you had a question about. If anything Trump that you put into Google, 100% of the results are negative Trump, pro-Biden. All the, all the, you, have to, you have to like go to Bing now to get yep. an actual objective search on what it is that you're looking for. I could not even find a Trump policy that I was looking for that I wanted to talk about on my show. It was disappeared, gone from Google 100%. It's sick. Google is out of control. Facebook is out of control. Twitter, the, the censorship on, on what the president's tweeting. Uh, we've experienced it just in our business. 18 out of 24 monetized pages on Facebook have been demonetized in the last year because we talk about pro-police and we're conservatives. They don't because like it. Truth, because you tell the truth. 100%. So... It's uh, that's there's a lot of fights going on, there, and I want to talk about another one. Fact one of the big fights. Guys, <laughs> it's uh, social media, regular media is a big fight, and then one of the biggest things, and and you're seeing this firsthand. You're out of Minneapolis. Yeah, um, is the left infiltrating the justice system in these, like in the DA's office, in the attorney general's office? Yes. You have Keith Ellison as your attorney general, 
who hides body cam video from George Floyd for weeks and weeks. It has to be leaked because it tells a different story than the truth and breaks right. the narrative. That's right. Um, you have Elon they, Omar, dude, what is happening with your state? They hid the, uh, the ME report that, that had to be leaked. And the ME report shows that George Floyd, the home invader, the criminal, the felon, the career criminal, died uh, 30 plus minutes after being at the hospital. He didn't die under the knee of Derek Chauvin on the streets of Minneapolis. He died in the hospital 35 to 40 minutes later. And then the ME report continues that he had a lethal amount of fentanyl and meth cocktail in his system. Uh, Derek Chauvin did not contribute to the death of George Floyd. And these positional asphyxia cases are really hard to prove, even if it's really obvious, uh, because all you get is two MEs arguing back and forth with one another. And so now um, with with that leaked body cam footage and that ME report, I don't see that there's any way that anybody could ever convict Derek Chauvin of murder, manslaughter, any of the above. As a matter of fact, he'll probably get his job back um, if the union properly represents him. And I have no doubt that Bob Kroll would do that uh, if there was a Derek Chauvin acquittal. But as far as Keith Ellison, the woman abuser, is concerned, I mean, I, I, think about this. If Biden were be, to be elected, this guy would be on the short list for the attorney general of the United States. This guy is absolutely 100% anti-police. He hates the police. You know why he hates the police? Because he and his son, who, by the way, is on the Minneapolis City Council, they're criminals. They're criminals. The only people that hate the police are people who want to cover up an agenda. And the cowardly mayor and the even more cowardly police chief in Minneapolis, Madaria Arredondo, who, by the way, would lay, no doubt, on his face, in uniform, with his hands behind his back, to show his submission. These cops better get used to that very position because that is the exact position they're going to be in when they are executed by the very people that they're out here supporting while they're in uniform. You're not a cop. You're a pig. When you do stuff like that, you're a coward. Law enforcement is the wrong job for you, and you need to get out. The the most disgusted I have been about all of this since the George Floyd incident was watching them abandon a a Minneapolis precinct and let it burn to the fucking ground instead of fighting those rioters on one of those very first nights. And then you roll into the same type of activity in Seattle where they let the chop or the chaz be created for weeks. Uh, The lawlessness in Portland. It is all the same. You have this combination of horrible local leadership. You have horrible district attorneys and prosecutors who, who just revolve door all the arrests, no one goes to jail. And, and then you have weak, weak police leadership that refuse to like stand up and do anything, just yeah. like in Minneapolis. The like, command staffs are, are absolutely weak and cowardly. Awful. And the, you know, I have some, because of what I do for work, I have um, really close friends of mine. I, I have hundreds of Minneapolis cop friends. And I have some very close friends of mine that we talk about this quite a bit. And I will never reveal my sources. And you can choose not to believe me because I refuse to name them if you want to. But I'm telling you right here, as with God as my witness, what really happened down there uh, during that third precinct and what the mainstream media won't tell you and what you probably don't even know, Ray, as, unless you have Minneapolis cops that you talk to as well, there, there was um, an appropriate barricade set up there that would have prevented that whole thing. They had the construction barriers stacked four levels high. They had the concertina wire outside of that thing. They were ready. They, there was no, it was impenetrable. There was no way that they could have taken that police precinct unless they had an F-16 at their disposal that could do some, you know, aerial, aerial ordinance, um, or something. But they, the, the, the command staff came down there and they specifically said, no, 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 this looks too militaristic. You got to get rid of this. They left their cops to die, literally. 
They left them there to die. And then the mayor said, no, you got to get out of there and walk away. How do you walk away from a place that's surrounded by armed criminal thugs that want to kill you? How do you do that logistically? They left them there to die. The same thing happened in, in another city in Portland where they actually used cement to try to seal shut the police station and then started on fire. They, these people have no problems burning cops alive, burning them alive, literally. And the only reason it didn't work is because these idiots didn't have the proper cement to, to water mixture. Otherwise, we would be dealing with a whole different situation there. They're going on 100 days lawless in, in Portland. Uh, these command staffs are absolutely out of control. And I know that for a fact firsthand with reliable sources inside of the Minneapolis Police Department every single day. The stories that you hear coming out of that command staff are absolutely appalling and sickening. It's sick. You in, in command staff, when you're in charge of a, a police department or a higher level in command of that police department, you have to be ready to do the right thing, even if you're going to get fired. That's you have right. to be ready to, like, to go out on your shield because you pissed off the city or the admin or the county, whoever it is, but you still did the right lawful thing That's to right. keep law and order. And the moment you choose politics or your job over that, you should go, period. And like Carmen Best, like people tried to hold her up as a hero because two weeks into letting Chaz happen, she sends out a letter to the city and that says, hey, we can't protect you anymore because they won't let us do this, this, and this. People mm -hmm. call her a hero for that. And I say, hey, she's a coward too. She should have handled business. Chaz should have never happened. That's and if right. she got fired over it, no problem. She retired anyway. She was forced out anyway. So like it didn't help her. She could have been a damn law enforcement hero in Seattle, but she chose not to. If the, if the police chief won't do it here in Minneapolis, I'm calling on the inspectors from all the precincts to do it. Stand up and force the law. If you get fired, then you know what? You're, you'll be on the right side of history. And when you do get fired, the next person that takes your position, you got to do the same exact thing. And if it doesn't work and they continue to fire everybody, then fine, fire them all until it's done, until it's said and done. There's a mass exodus of good cops because good cop, no sane person would ever want to be a police officer today. So they're going to have to get rid of the psych exam to become a cop because if you want to now, you're just a damn nut. Uh, but you're right. It's going to take sacrificial lambs. And if you want to be on the right side of history, then you got to believe in the rule of law and order and you have to uphold the Constitution, the oath that you were sworn to, to protect. 100%. And, and, you know, when we had an oath-keeping sheriff, I think that you had Adam Fortney on as well from, from Snohomish County. Yes. You know, you stand up. He's an oath keeper. He, he refused to enforce business restrictions from COVID um, yep. is facing recalls, but an elected sheriff can do that. And it's, it's so nice to see people actually uphold their oath. Like I, when, when, when you see come out, these cops come out and, and, and I'm a 20 year cop, but if I see a cop writing a ticket for a mask, I lose my fucking mind over oh, it. Like, I, I can't even begin to, to understand why someone would actually do that. But I'm, Yeah. I'm with you, brother. Um, okay. So, I got a headline here about you, and and they they like they call you Stu Peters is the Minnesota's best known bounty hunter who captures the state's most wanted. Is that like a true description of you? Yeah, um, I mean, so humbly, I will say that we're probably the most effective uh, private apprehension agency in the entire nation. Um, we're you know receiving a lot of attention prior to the whole anti-police thing. We we started to really receive a lot of attention in, in local and in national news uh, for the success that we're having because our agency specializes in um, locating and apprehending uh, violent offenders. So anybody that involves with uh, a massive uh, narcotics manufacturing or distribution, active gang members, any crime 
crimes involving um, guns or weapons, uh, rape, assault, murder, things like that are the guys that we're tracking down and in, and we're doing it across the nation and then even internationally as well. Uh, we brought back a guy for, for Hennepin County that raped three kids under the age of 12 in Minneapolis. Uh, the police don't have the resources and they're so limited. Uh, and, and because, you know, they, they have certain restrictions due to people's constitutional rights. But when somebody's out on bail and we're contracted, we're basically their jailer. And so they're dead to rights with us. And, and um, extradition waivers don't matter. Uh, warrants, we don't need that. We don't need um, administrative subpoenas to look at their phone records. We can look in their banking history because they specifically signed those rights away in exchange for their freedom so that they may be free while they're going through their court case. So I'm not here to say in any way that we're better at our job than the police. We just have a lot less restrictions than they do. And we share a lot of our information with the police. The police can't share it back due to data privacy laws, which I think is a crock of crap and a bunch of bullshit. It's similar to HIPAA. You know, we go to a, a place where somebody is hiding in a, in a rehab facility or in a halfway house. And these people will tell us, well, we can't confirm or deny. Well, you don't need to asshole because I just saw this rapist walk in here. Uh, so we're coming in to get him and we can do that. So whereas the police could not do that, but, but, uh, you know, yeah, we're we we're going on 18 years now. I've been tracking bad guys uh, 12 years full time here in Minneapolis, and um, I, I owe it all to my team. I mean, I have a, a tremendous team of core individuals that come from all different backgrounds and they make me look good every day. So uh, Richard Leonard is my right hand man. He's been with me since day one. He's my A1 and uh, he's actually my co-host on PC radio as well. So uh, he has a lot to bring to the table that I don't have. Uh, you know, he's a Purple Heart recipient, for example. He was blown up in Iraq. He's a war hero. Uh, he's with he's still in the Minnesota National Guard with the Red Bull unit uh, with the U.S. Army and uh, just a, an incredible individual. He's very level headed and I, I question it never putting my life in his hands every day. So he, he would tell you he's the best backdoor guy in the business. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of fun right there, huh? <laughs> and that's, that's Twi Twin Cities Apprehension Team. And yeah. um, that, that, I'm glad you kind of explained that. A lot of people don't understand the differences between like a bounty hunter and a police officer and what you can do. I used to love it when there was a guy that, that you know, was a one fugitive in our area. Everyone would like a higher profile guy usually. And, and the, the, the bail agents were on them because they had already waived their fourth amendment. They had waived all these things. They, they were so much less restricted on what they could do. Just like you said, um, that we knew that like a lot of times they would let us, you know, give us info. Hey, we're, we think he's in this area. Okay, cool. And I just kind of float over there and just wait because they would be able to, to get him out or get him flushed out much easier than us. They have the time and energy to do it, you know. For a cop that wants to be a cop, a good cop will understand how to assist in that situation without blurring or crowding the lines of who's an agent of who. And we are very careful about that, too. I mean, our number one rule is everybody goes home. But our number two rule is never get a cop jammed up. And uh, we've been very good at that for for our whole careers in doing this. But, you know, for the, for the admins... Of, of police departments to say, no, 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 we're not going to get involved and then go to the other end of the city. That's negligent. And that, I mean, to me, I, I will never understand that, but that, that brings you back to like this bail reform deal uh, yeah. where, you know, you, you have a lot of people that are supporting this and saying that it's racist to have bail. And I, I, I still have no way of wrapping my head around the logical side of how bail is racist, but um, you know, who's going to hold these people accountable? The cops aren't. You think the cops in today's day and age are going to actively go out pursuing people with felony warrants? Nope. Uh, no. They're not even jumping out on guys right across the street that they see shove a gun in their waistband. 
what cop wants to engage a guy, especially a black dude, that just put a gun in his pants? The probability of that thing ending with an officer-involved shooting is pretty high. And um, there's there's no instance, even in the most justifiable use of force situations, there's no instance in America right now where a police command staff in a major city that's democratically run is going to stand behind their officer. They're going to throw them on nope. the bus. They're going to walk away from them. And they're going to allow criminal proceedings to happen and DOJ investigations and civil rights violations and all that other shit. So... Uh, you know, it makes our job a little bit more difficult logistically. We still have a job to do and we still go out there and we're still taking bad guys to jail regardless of color of their skin. I could care less. Uh, if you, if you committed a crime and you hurt somebody, we're coming to get you if you skip bail. But the, the thing is, is that what, what's changed about our job is now instead of a four man team, we have an eight man team because, you know, um, six guys now have to go in and two guys have to kind of protect the six guys by turning around and looking right. in the other direction because you have these large crowds gathering and things like that. So no, I appreciate you bringing that up and and um a little shameless plug if people want to see how we operate we're on youtube just search twin cities apprehension team there's a little badge there that looks like a sheriff's deputy badge it says uh twin cities apprehension team or tcat or whatever it is on there and uh you can actually just search tcat tcat there it is yeah you got it up on the screen um and uh yeah we do some we do some pretty good work i'm proud of i'm proud of the team that we have and now we have a a guy who used to be uh um a cameraman for a show that's been discontinued if, if you know what I'm talking about, and, uh, <laughs> he follows us around and uh, he does some some pretty good editing and, and makes us look really good, too. So it, it, it tells more of the story. We intermix body cam footage along with his. We don't do a whole lot of editing. What you see is is exactly what it is that we're doing. So it's a it's a cool inside look at the at the work of a real bounty hunter, not like the uh, the old show with the long haired dude and the feathers that was played on a network several years ago. Well, I, I would like to see you in some kind of haircut like that and some, some feathers. I mean, I, I think it would make you a little bit more authentic. If you could work yeah. on that for us, that'd be much great. More, much more credible. <laughs> yeah, the perception would be much more professional. And, you know, I, I have to give him credit for what he did because he did bring uh, bail to the to the national forefront. And before that, people probably had, unless they were a career criminal, had no idea what bail even was or how it worked. So, uh, you know, Dwayne Chapman and, and Beth Restersoul and uh, his kids and the thing that they did for that and bringing that to the national forefront. Um, I do have a lot of respect for that and I applaud them for doing that. And Leland Chapman actually is a good friend of mine. He lives in uh, Alabama and he's uh, a real bounty hunter that does, you know, the actual job, the dirty, the dirty work. And uh, he does a, he does a great job of doing that. So I don't mean to, to, to bash on the guy and, and his family. They, they do a really good job, but I will say that we all know that that show was pre-scripted and, and it was arranged. Our stuff that you'll see over here on our YouTube channel is completely different it's 100 percent real well yeah and definitely do check out that youtube channel i was i was cruising through there yesterday there's some there's some great stuff you guys have a lot of views a lot of viewers but there's some really good stuff in there you know if you guys can do a lot more than the cops can do we'll just leave it there right like it's yeah. it's uh it's nice to see that and i appreciate that type of work but isn't it isn't uh, it a shame that, that it's refreshing for us to, to i mean like you were acknowledging a, a cop like adam fortney you know the elected sheriff out in uh, snohomish county washington it's it's a shame that we say, wow, it's refreshing to see a guy actually upholding the law. Uh, right. That's scary that we're in times where it's like a rarity to see that. Uh, so I, I just I hope more command staffs get on, on board with that. And in a Trump victory and taking back the Senate and, and or taking back the House and keeping the Senate, uh, I think that it, the gloves are going to come off and the rule of law is going to be back in our country. Yeah, I, I mean, here, here's my big prediction. Um, you know, after the election, I, I don't think 
there's a chance that, that Trump loses this thing. I think they'll, they'll try to muddy the waters with, with mail-ins and things like that. But in the, at the end of the day, Trump's going to take it. And then I think you're going to see the Insurrection Act come out, like a federalized National Guard. Uh, you may see the army if it gets bad enough. Yeah. But I think we'll have rioting in multiple cities. I think it's going to get put down quickly, but this could go into January. Absolutely. After that, I think they're going to. it'll be a rebuild time, and uh, it'll be a good time for law enforcement. For those who can hang on and get through this this chaos, right? Like, I hope you're right, brother Ray, and I I believe I believe that we are, and and I believe that it's going to be people like you and I that'll be on the right side of history, and it, it may cost us, it may cost us, and it may cost us a lot, um, but I'm willing to make that sacrifice uh, for my kids. You know, be, being a father and raising kids in an environment like we're in today, um, we got to do it so that they don't have to. Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more, brothers. Stu Peters. Where can we find you? Patriotically Correct Radio. Where's all the spots and the times and all the places? Yeah, I mean, if you just go to the PCRadioShow.com or we're on uh, YouTube, we're on uh, iHeartRadio, we're on, um, we're all over the place. Any any place that you can find a low-budget afternoon radio broadcast, uh, you can probably find us. We're growing and we're, we're having a lot of fun with it and we're, we're taking it very seriously. It's a big responsibility to be out here talking um, and... So we, we try to take it seriously. We do have fun, but we try to, we try to take it seriously. There's Richard. God, look at me. I look all rough and tough there, don't I? Dude, you, you are a scary man in that picture. I'm telling badass, you. I, like, I, I, I wouldn't fuck with that guy for Total sure. Total badass. So. Yeah, yeah. Don't fuck <laughs> with me. All right, so I appreciate it. And uh, everyone watching, you can go ahead and connect up with him. I'll put all the links. You got the PCRadioShow.com here on the screen. We'll link up in all the descriptions and all the places. Make sure you do check out his show. It's awesome. Follow his channel. And uh, I think you're going to see a lot more from Stu in the future. So appreciate it, Stu. Thanks, man. Hey, it's an honor being here. Thanks a lot for having me, Ray. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time.